Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Welcome back to Head of the Pack. Matt Schneidman and Bill Huber here with you as always. Packers 24, Rams 12. Kind of as uneventful of a game as you'd expect between two teams that haven't been very good this season. But Bill, the story is as it will be until the Packers are mathematically eliminated. They are still alive. For whatever percentage your expert of choice gives them, um, they're six and eight, still have to win out. Three games left against three teams that are better than the last two they beat. And they need help. But they have hope, and hope is a dangerous thing, isn't it? All right, Matt, let's just dive into it. Here's the first question of the day. We, I mean, we, we've already talked about this in the office. So let's, let's just dive right into it, Matt. From Matt Pickett, given how the Packers look tonight, how do you feel about their chances of winning out and if they make it into the playoffs actually doing something? So, according to Matt Schneidman's stats information, yeah. the Packers have a 50% chance of getting into the playoffs. I didn't say that. You didn't say it, but you didn't mean it. That anyway. was Matt Schneidman's stats and misinformation. Mis- that's right. I screwed up my own joke. All right, Matt. So, you think they're getting in? Uh, yeah. Or you feel, or you feel better than no. I do? No, I don't. I, I, I think they'll lose one of the next two games. Listen. It's easy to get caught up in the momentum and all the talk and the hope, but the reality is the Packers still aren't very good. The last two teams they've beat are two of the worst teams in the league. In the, sorry, I'm yawning. It's 1.17 a.m., my bad. Uh, Are the Bears and the Rams two teams with a combined record of, let's see, 7-21, and I believe? Yeah, it's not very good. Not very good. And the next two teams they'll play are eight and six and 11 and three with a lot more dynamic offenses than the Bears and the Rams in the Dolphins and the Vikings. So do I think the Packers are going to win out? No. I could see them going two and one, but guess what? There are signs of why they could, you know, 
They're, they have three interceptions the last two games, five sacks today. Uh, A.J. Dillon's come on nicely, 5.2 yards per carry on 37 touches and four touchdowns the last three games. Dobbs and Watson on the field together produced some nice things tonight. Keyshawn Nixon. But it's too little too late, I, th- I think. And sorry to, you know, crap all over the parade. It would be a great story. We've said on this podcast before, all we want as reporters is the best story. The best story would be the Packers winning out and making the playoffs. I don't think they can do anything in the playoffs, but anything is possible, especially with even, even with how mundane he's been this season. With Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, anything is possible. He seems to be healthy now. They still have talented players, so it's possible. I don't think it happens, but it's possible. We're the host of Mofsky. He thinks the Packers are getting in the playoffs. I don't know if he actually does. Uh, no, I don't think they're getting in the playoffs. Um, I don't think they're going to win on Sunday. Um, the Dolphins are damn good. I realize they've lost three in a row. They lost on the road to the 49ers, Chargers, and Bills. Three damn good football teams, including two damn good football teams. I, I, I don't see them winning on Sunday. I don't see them stopping Tyreek Hill. It would be a hell of a good story, but they, they, they've just, they killed themselves way too early in the season. I mean, they just pissed it all away against, you know, the commanders aren't worth a crap. The giants aren't worth a crap. And if you watch them play on Sunday night, they're terrible and they're not terrible, but they're, they're not very good. And the Packers lost those games and lost the jets. It's unfortunate um, from a Packers fans perspective, right? I mean, right when you, right when they're routing into form, Christian Watson has been really good. They get Dobbs back, and he was wide open for five catches tonight. They got a lot of things going for him, but it's just too late. And, it, and it, they could make some noise if they got in, just because there's only one team that's any good, and that's the Eagles. I mean, 49ers have a rookie quarterback. Can you trust a rookie quarterback in the playoffs? Maybe, maybe not. The defense is great. The Vikings are losing by 106 to the Colts the other day. There's only one team that's worth a damn. Green Bay could beat everybody, and heck, they, they pushed the Eagles, too. But you lose five in a row midseason, Matt, you're toast. Yeah, that's a little too tough to recover from, and, and there's a lot of playing the what-if game in Green Bay this year. You know, Aaron Rodgers cautioned against that in regards to Keyshawn Nixon, but it's, it's hard to avoid. You specifically, you know, with Keyshawn Nixon, he's one of the best kick returners in the NFL now, has three returns of at least 50 yards the last three games. Rodgers said today was the first time in his 18 years in the league he has seen an opposing kicker kick away from a Packers returner. And he said, that's fun. So uh, what happened if they would have used Keyshawn Nixon on kick returns earlier in the season? Better field position, maybe more points, even though on that 52-yard return, they ended up punting on that drive. Um, Lafleur also said we should have used him earlier. A lot of what-ifs about, you know, the, the Packers lost by two points to the Commanders. Amari Rogers fumbled a punt return that gave the Commanders three points in that game. What if? We could go on and on, but uh, there's no point in that because every team in the NFL can play the what if game. And bottom line is, good teams find ways to win close games. The Packers have not been a good team for most of the season. They've been a better team than two bad teams the last two weeks, and they're going to need to be a lot better than just a a good team the next two weeks. And after that, if they want to get in the playoffs. So 
here's here's how the Packers make the playoffs. Let me I'll I'll quickly lay it out. The, there's a lot of scenarios, but the most likely scenario, if the Packers win out, none of this matters if the Packers don't win out. If the Packers win out, they need the Commanders to finish eight, eight, and one. Right now they're seven, six, and one. So they need the Commanders to lose two of their final three games against the 49ers, Browns, and Cowboys. Or they need the Giants to lose their final three games against the Vikings, Colts, and Eagles. As we've mentioned, the Eagles and Cowboys, uh, two teams the Packers will be rooting for in Week 18 if they win their next two games, might be resting their starters in Week 18 with their seating already locked up for the playoffs. So that's a problem in itself. They need the Seahawks to lose one more. Um, They play the Chiefs, the Jets, and the Rams. So you would think the Chiefs game is one that the Seahawks will lose. And they need the Lions to likely lose against either the Panthers or the Bears before playing the Packers. Now, if let's say the Commanders lose to the 49ers and the Cowboys, and there's a three-way tie between the Lions, Seahawks, and Packers for the number seven seed, they're all at nine and eight. The first rule of a three-team timebreaker, and I'm sorry for rambling, is you eliminate all but the highest-ranked team in each division. So you eliminate either the Lions or the Packers first and then match that team up or match the remaining team up against the Seahawks. The Lions and the Packers, if the Lions beat the Panthers and Bears before losing to the Packers and the Packers went out, would be tied on the first four tiebreakers. That's head-to-head, winning percentage in the division, winning percentage in conference game or winning percentage in common games and then winning percentage in conference games. Fifth tiebreaker is strength of victory. The Lions currently have a significant advantage. They have a 500 uh, strength of victory. Packers have 393, I believe. But the Packers play two really good teams next. The Lions do not. And also the results in the final three weeks of every team that both teams have played comes into play so it's too complicated to do all that math. Um, it's only logical to do it after week 18. Bottom line is the odds are very slim. Our uh, Austin Mock, who does the, this uh, playoff simulations for us, has the Packers with a 7% chance. It was at 13.3%, I believe, entering the weekend. So that takes into account a lot of things. But all the Packers need is a chance. And they have one. We'll see what they can do on Christmas Day in Miami. I don't have too high of hopes, but I've seen crazier things. Yeah, the, you, you, you're talking about the schedule. So the Packers have played seven teams that currently have winning records. They lost at Minnesota. They lost to the Giants. They lost to the Man- Commanders. They lost to the Bills. They beat Dallas. They lost to Tennessee, lost to Philadelphia. So they are one and six against teams with winning records. One and six. Not very good. Not very good. Now, they, they are playing better with the caveat that the Bears had, I think, six defensive starters either traded or out with injuries, and the Rams don't have Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald. Otherwise, they were fine. Um, you know, even, even Rodgers said tonight that they're, they're playing better teams. They, they've got to play better. It's too little too late. But, Matt, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson as your future dual receiver, that looks pretty good. Yeah, it does. I mean, 
Rodgers said tonight that Watson messed up a couple times on a couple plays he didn't know what he was supposed to do. Rookie mistakes, but got to figure it out. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, he got open, caught the ball well. Rodgers said uh, he maybe left some yards after catch opportunities out there. But both those guys have such ability. I mean, Christian Watson had one touchdown entering week 10 this year. And now he's got Jalen Ramsey following him around the field. LaFleur said it after the game. That's a true sign of respect and, and what Watson has done in the last month plus to have Jalen Ramsey shadow you for at least part of the game. And then Watson's first catch comes early in the second half when Troy Hill, the, the Rams' other cornerback, is, is on him. So, listen, I think Watson and Do- ESPN Stats and Info, a.k.a. Domofsky Stats and Info, had, had a good stat tonight. Uh, with Watson and Dobbs on the field together, Rodgers was seven for seven tonight. He's 20 for 24 on those uh, plays this season. Entering tonight, they had been on the field for uh, less than 10% of the Packers' total offensive snaps. Now, uh, I'm pretty sure Dobbs wasn't given a full workload since it was his first game back since suffering that ankle injury on the first play uh, in week nine. But definitely promising. Pass protection wasn't ideal tonight running game got some things going defense was opportunistic this Rams offense stinks but uh that's what you're supposed to do against a bad team and you got to give the Packers props because they haven't done what they're supposed to do nearly enough this season I asked Rodgers after the game if the quartet of Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Alan Lazard, and Randall Cobb was a winning quartet in light of us asking him about replacing Devontae Adams for four months, and he said yes. Mm-hmm. Hard to argue with him. Cobb's, Cobb's been really good. I, I, Lazard does, does everything at a, at a pretty good level, and Watson and Dobbs are the future. That's a pretty good group. Again, if they just want to piss away so many games, you kind of would like to see those guys in the playoffs. So they got a chance. They got a chance to make some noise. They can just build for these next three games if they can get to the playoffs. I think that they'd be a team nobody'd want to play. I mean, Mixon Jones and you know maybe maybe Bakhtiari comes back right following the appendectomy. This these guys would be pretty good. Yeah, I, I think um, obviously Sammy Watkins not among that bunch. He was released today. Um, I'm not surprised that he's not a member of the Packers next season. I'm surprised that they did it mid-season. LaFleur said it was because they needed Patrick Taylor as their third running back, and he was out of elevations. Sammy Watkins just isn't very good. Um, I was maybe a little surprised that, well, maybe not too surprised, because Sammy wasn't doing much or playing much anyway, that Samori Ture didn't get some opportunities. Maybe we see some more Samori down the stretch if they get eliminated, but it's interesting you ask that question. I think Cobb should be back this year. He's shown enough. And I think as long as Rogers is back, which I think he will be, Cobb uh, will probably be as well. Um, that might be a personal demand of the quarterbacks. I don't think Alan Lazard will be. I, th- I think we're in agreement on that, that he'll demand more than the Packers are willing to, f- willing to pay a guy who, yeah, he does it all, but he'll be their third wide receiver next year. If he stays behind Watson and Dobbs, um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how that room shakes out. But I agree with you. If they do make the playoffs, it's every, it's every team for themselves. Like, 
even the Eagles, who are clearly the best team in the NFC, I think. Packers only lost to them by seven. And that was with Rodgers playing hurt and Jordan Love playing a little bit. So anything's possible. Like I said, hope is a dangerous thing. Um, but it's a one-game season every week, and, and they got to beat a pretty good Dolphins team who, like you said, has lost three in a row, but on the road to really good teams. Um, let's get to some questions. <laughs> From no, Kyle... I, I'm I, I, would, I think Lazard will come back. You do? Why is that? Um, because I think he's worth more to Green Bay than he's worth anywhere else. I, I don't think he's going to get like this big deal where he'll be priced out of town. And I just think LaFleur's offense needs Alan Lazard. You know, the Rams have that Skoranek or whatever, however you pronounce his last name. He fits that role. The Bears sign EQ, that big guy to block. I just think this offense kind of requires that kind of guy. I don't think he's I don't think he's done enough to demand top dollar. You know, probably pay to be a number three receiver, and I think that'll be a pretty good deal. But that's an offseason podcast, Matt. From Kyle Broughton, is Nixon's extension less or more than 149.5 million guaranteed? <laughs> That's funny. Listen. Golly, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, the Packers had some stats that they sent out tonight. Um, here we go. This is what I was looking for. Keyshawn Nixon leads the NFL with eight kickoff returns of 30 plus yards. Four players have five. He has got eight. He took over as the kickoff returner in week six. So he's like lapping the field. Also, Keyshawn Nixon's eight kickoff returns of 30-plus yards on the season are tied with Randall Cobb for the second most by a Packer in a season since 2000. It's absurd. I better get that Keyshawn Nixon feature that I'm working on out before he starts thinking, if he does. That guy has got some major speed. I know I think we talked about the last podcast. I mean, he's got the toughness to kind of run through some some arm tackles, but you give that guy a little bit of a crack and he's shooting right through it. And even LaFleur tonight was wondering wondering why they didn't make the move sooner. Yeah. And we didn't even ask him that. I mean, he just flat out volunteered, right? I, well, I thought, Rogers Rogers kind of interesting. Rogers praised him unprompted for the second straight game. Yeah. So he, I, I, I am of the belief that there is no player on the Packers that has done more to improve their standing with this organization. Actually, I should, I should rephrase that. There is no player who it was set to be a free agent or maybe a, a question mark to make the roster next year that has helped their case more than, than Keyshawn Nixon. Christian Watson obviously fits into the category of players that have helped their stock, but he was going to be on the team next year anyway. Keyshawn Nixon was on a one-year deal. Guess what? He's going to be back. <laughs> and for and while people in I I understand people getting on the floor and Basaccia too for for not making this move sooner, especially considering Amari Rodgers. Just a reminder that in his three years at the Raiders, he returned six kickoffs and zero punts. So there, so I you almost kind of excuse the Packers for not making the move sooner because there where was where was this track record? It's not like he was lighting it up with the Raiders. He wasn't in that role with them either. So mm-hmm. um, sometimes you just kind of stumble into something, but he's been damn good. Yes, he has. Next, uh, probably a little late from Jacob Luick. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Luke, L-U-E-C-K. Probably a little late, but do you think Devontae Wyatt will get more snaps 
especially early in the game going forward. You better. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how many snaps he played tonight, but I just know in the, he had back-to-back ones where he stopped Cam Akers for zero and was in on a sack on a, on a bootleg. Where he really showed some closing speed, too. That, that was pretty impressive by a 300-ish pound guy. Yep. He needs to play more. He does need to play more. From especially, K- if the, especially if the season becomes you know eliminated here after yeah. the Miami game. He really needs to play more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. From Kay Brandner, the stars align and they make the playoffs. Who can they beat? Tampa, end of list. Um, Aaron Rodgers said tonight, I think we can beat anybody. We can also lose to anybody. (laughs) So listen, in a playoff game, they can beat Tampa. They can beat Dallas. They can beat Minnesota, I think, even. I don't think they can beat San Francisco or Philly, even with Brock Purdy at quarterback. Correct. That 49ers defense is way too good, and that Eagles offense is way too good. Yeah, correct. If Green Bay were to get in as the number seven, and if Minnesota doesn't peel down their leg, and keeps number two. I mean, the, the, right off the bat, it's it's Green Green Bay at Minnesota. I mean, you, after watching any lead by 33 at halftime, you, you think the Packers are scared of those guys? Not a chance. Not a stand, chance in hell would they be scared of the Vikings. But then they're explosive enough to come back and win a game. They were down 33 nothing at halftime. Yeah, absolutely right. But um, Green Bay's seen those guys enough. I don't think there'd be any any fear whatsoever. And 
Again, you got Watson and Dobbs, who are obviously far further advanced now than they were back in week one. And maybe Joe Barry might have learned a lesson, maybe, and put Jair <laughs> Alexander on yeah. Justin Jefferson, maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. How about, uh, I'm just scrolling through Twitter, Rasul Douglas's pitch back on the interception? Oh. That guy is a crazy man. He said, as I was going down, I underhanded it, and then I seen it hit the ground. And I was like, damn, this is about to be like the Raiders and Patriots. And he said his teammates asked him, what the hell are you on? Packers are lucky that didn't cost them more. <laughs> Have you ever seen anything like that, by the way, Matt? Raiders-Patriots? No, I haven't. In any sport ever in anything? That was insane. Insane. And they should have made him walk back to... New England, I mean, my Jacoby, God. Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, I think, is a pretty damn good player. But, Jesus, how do you not know the situation? What are you thinking? That's unbelievable. Here's one from Connor Patrick. Quay Walker's flashes are exciting, but he certainly has had his share of struggles in the run game at times. How would you say he is progressing, and is he a player that could help this defense make a jump in 2023? In parentheses, with a new <laughs> defensive coordinator. <laughs> um, listen, the way they use him... He can do some things. He, he almost had two picks tonight in coverage. I like how Joe Barry uses him as a blitzer. He can affect the quarterback. He's really quick. He's got to shore up his tackling for certain. But there's promise there. And you can see flashes of why they took him in the first round. Yeah, he's really he's made more and more of those splash plays as this thing's gone on. So, yeah, he's there is point of strength. Did you just praise Joe Barry, Matt? By liking how they how uses him, boy, that's gonna. We probably just lost half the uh, subscribers right there. From Spencer, really like Domovsky's question. We don't need that in here. Yeah. We don't need that on yeah. our podcast. Mute that guy for Lafleur about not scoring at the end, even after the Rams called a timeout. Feels like it's a good example of the mentality that Lafleur's teams have lacked. Thoughts? That's a you know, great, great question. Listen. I was before there were a couple of questions asked. I was going to semi jokingly ask LaFleur if it wasn't an opposing head coach that you liked less than Sean McVay, who might be LaFleur's best friend in the league. Now, Robert Stala, so might be LaFleur's second best friend in the league. Um, one of his best friends. Would he have scored if it was Mike Zimmer? I know he's not a head coach anymore, but would he have scored? Um, I don't know. I would have liked to see the Packers try and run it up because someone else tweeted this. What would Kyle Shanahan have done? He would have scored. <laughs> LaFleur said, I just think there's a way you handle winning in this league. I got a lot of respect for those guys you're competing against. So also talked about karma too, which I'm not sure. I'm not sure that karma is a real thing. But anyway, you know, LaFleur said earlier in the season before they played the Jets that he doesn't like beating up on his friends in this league. He's certainly hasn't done that to Shanahan and Robert Sala this year, but he's three and against Sean McVay. So maybe that was enough beating up and he didn't have to go try and run up. I will say one of my best friends, shout out to Brennan Barry. Uh, one of my best friends from college uh, lived with him for a couple of years. He had the over. In the game, the over was 39 and a half. And there were 36 points scored. So he need, and I saw several other people on Twitter who also had the over. They needed a touchdown. 
to hit the over and the Packers kneeled it out. So I apologize to all the over betters. Um, but Matt LaFleur wanted to be a good sport. Yeah. For what's wrong, I'm looking at the tiebreakers right now. There are, there, there are 12 steps in a, in a two team tiebreaker. You have to get down to number seven, which is best combined ranking among conference teams and points scored and points allowed. So that kind of comes into play there, but you, you have to get all the way down to um, step nine, which is best net points in common games. And step 10 is just best net points in all games. So you have to get down really far for points scored versus points against to become a, an actual factor. Mm-hmm. Like like if like if them scoring six points here probably doesn't affect the ranking, which is number seven and eight in the tiebreaker. Um, so chances are it's not going to matter. But I agree with this point, right, if, of taking it easy on your friends. It is, it is a strange mentality. I don't know if strange is the right way. But, you know, I, I mentioned it to him when he talked about Salah back then. I mean, like, if, back when you were kids, you, you wanted to beat your friends. You wanted to mm-hmm. beat the hell out of them. So you'd have bragging rights, whether it's bragging rights at the moment or bragging rights 25 years down the road in a poker game. I don't quite understand the – I don't understand that mentality. I agree with you. Next. From Papa Schlags, Miami went from second to sixth place in two weeks. They're in survival mode like we are. They have a much better offense than Bears or Rams. Can Joe Barry figure out a way to slow down the Dolphins' defense? And then Kay Brandner, who we read off a question of before, responds with Miami has struggled recently against man coverage, something GB basically never does. I I would expect a whooping if they don't. I think you have to stick your fastest cornerback well, the problem is they don't just have one guy. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are both very good. Trent Sherfield's a dangerous player who Mike McDaniel knows how to use. And then, oh, remember the running back who ran for 7,000 yards against the Packers in the 2020 NFC title game? Raheem Mostert? Yeah, he's on the Dolphins too. So is Jeff Wilson Jr. who came from the 49ers. So all those 49ers running backs who have tormented the Packers in that running game, uh, yeah, they're on the Dolphins now for the former 49ers run game coordinator, Mike McDaniel, now the head coach of the Dolphins. Um, It'll be interesting to see how Joe Barry attacks this defense. There's really no threats on the Rams or Bears to beat you over the top like there are the Dolphins. I'm wondering if we just see soft zone all day, keep everything in front, prevent explosive plays, and hope your offense can keep up. Yeah, right? I I don't know how else you do it, man. When, when Tyreek was with the Chiefs, that's that's how the Packers played in that game too, right? Yeah, it, it makes sense. I mean, do, do you would you rather Tua take ten plays to drive seventy five yards or two? You make him go ten plays. You hope you get a holding penalty. You hope they drop a pass. You hope you you know Tua doesn't throw the ball super hard. You hope you can make a break on a ball and deflect it. And that's the way to go. You know, it's it's not a it's not a popular game plan, but. I don't know how I should play him. I, you, you certainly would like to have Eric Stokes. I've realized that Stokes struggled. Yeah. But, man, you would love to have Eric Stokes in this game because Rasul Douglas is a hell of a good player. But speed's not his game. No. No, it's not. Um, I agree. It's not as simple as – I, and obviously the Packers don't really shadow 
they have at times this year, but I don't think you can shadow Tyreek Hill given the other weapons that Miami has. Yeah, and then, you know, you're going to play the soft zone stuff and it just begs the Dolphins to run the ball, right? Mm-hmm. And what does Green Bay not do especially well? Play run defense. I mean, they, they could play, they played pretty good run defense tonight because the Dolphins or the, the Rams had no threat of throwing the ball because they, they stink. It's obviously different there. The Dolphins, not really good running the football, but Green Bay is so bad running, run defense wise. It's going to be a, it's going to be a hell of a challenge. Here's a question from Chris Van Lesson. We'll end on this one. How real do things actually get if they find a way to win on Christmas? And, and Tyler Daniel responds by saying, if San Francisco beats Washington Saturday and we win Sunday, it's very, very real. I agree. Um, I would add things will really get real and you could see the Packers playoff percentage, whatever you want to call it, increase by maybe 20% is my guess, is if the Packers beat the Dolphins, the 49ers beat the Commanders, and the Panthers find a way to beat the Lions. I think the Commanders should lose to the 49ers. The big one is the Panthers against the Lions. Lions should obviously win that game, but um, to avoid any mix-up with strength of victory or anything that happens there, you need the Lions to lose so you can just beat them outright instead of relying on the fifth tiebreaker. So, Listen, Aaron Rodgers said it tonight. Just about everything has gone their way so far. The percentages wouldn't necessarily indicate that, at least not ours at The Athletic. But um, if you really want to start believing and, and teasing yourself and taking the bait, Packers need to win, 49ers need to beat the Commanders, and the Panthers need to beat the Lions. And I assume the Chiefs will beat the Seahawks. It's a lot of ifs, a lot of whiffs. I mean... I read somewhere if they, if they were to run the table, they were only like a coin flip to get in the playoffs then. And that's that's mm-hmm. the predicament that they've got themselves. Right. But all I can ask for is to cover games that matter. And all the Packers can ask for is to play in games that matter, both of which are happening on Christmas Day in Miami. But listen. I know you guys probably won't be listening to podcasts on Christmas night. You should be spending that time with your family, but guess what? We're going to give you that. As Draymond Green once said, you're going to get this podcast and we're going to give you this podcast on Christmas night. I will be in South beach. Um, I have no family here in Wisconsin anyway, so I don't mind spending my Christmas in warmer temperatures, maybe a little rain down there in Florida. High of 59. Uh, That's not, I'm sorry. That's not fantastic, but it's supposed to be like, uh, I'll take 59 and, like 10 degrees, of, and I'm not shitting you. 40 to 60 mile an hour winds up here. Yeah, my plane might not take off. Good luck. So, yeah. You might not come back. That's right. I might not come back. I might just stay there, which would honestly be fine with me. Um, That's on a beach of the Corona. Yeah. Typing in playoff scenarios. Yeah. Typing in sleep the schedule on his phone. <laughs> we hope you guys have a, a fantastic holiday. Christmas Eve, Christmas. Uh, Appreciate you listening as always, and we'll talk to you next time.